Hello everyone, it's Chris here from the In The Saddle podcast and for this episode I was joined by Beth Smart. Now Beth is daughter of Group 1 winning trainer Brian Smart. He won the 2018 Nunthorpe Stakes at York with Alpha Delphini. It was a really uh, memorable race because it involved being in a photo finish with the admirable sprinter that was uh, Mabs Cross for Michael Dodds. We had great um, we had a great conversation speaking about that day. Plenty of uh, Alpha Delphini love during this podcast. But uh, Beth has come to fame in the last couple of months or so because she's uh, now a writer. She released a racing novel and we talk about it. It's called Racing Hearts and uh, we talk a bit more about the story and what inspired her. It was a really great chat but before uh, you uh, start this podcast please make sure uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on whether it's uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, give us a follow rate and review where you can but we really appreciate all the feedback you give us so make sure you do it if you haven't done so already but i leave you now with myself and beth and i hope you enjoy this podcast for this episode i'm delighted to be joined by beth smart thanks for coming on beth no worries so for those who aren't aware tell me a little bit about yourself how are you involved in racing so I am the daughter of Brian Smart. He's probably best known for winning the Nunthorpe in 2018 uh, with Alpha Delphini. Uh, so I've basically been brought up in racing, um, born into it really. Um, and I moved with dad up to Yorkshire in 2002, uh, the week before my fourth birthday. And we've been at Hambleton ever since, uh, trading racehorses here. And are you involved in the operation of the yard? Um, so I'm currently at uni and I am very involved in uh, show jumping. So that's where my main time is consumed. But I am the person behind the Brian Smart Racing social media. So the Facebook and the Instagram is uh, all done to me. So. <laughs> yeah, you're doing, you're doing the, the marketing for the team. Yeah, so PR, marketing and... I'll be I'll go racing in the summer and just sort of deal with owners and everything really. Yeah, anything I'm needed to do, I will do. <laughs> but you haven't been inspired to be a jockey or something along the way. Something that hasn't quite appealed to you. Uh, well, I have ridden out. I've ridden the work, um, but it's kind of ironic really because I'm only seven stone and five foot. Uh, but I choose to spend my time riding seventeen hand warm bloods uh, rather than thoroughbreds. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just a just a path I've sort of gone down really. So. Uh, and and you said you do show jumping. Do you actually compete with your horses and um, in competitions? Um, yeah, so I've got a really lovely string of uh, three horses, um, and so my best results have been I qualified the horse of the year show last year. Um, I've won an international Grand Prix back in twenty eighteen. So yeah, just keep them going ready to get going again when the sport is on the road <laughs> yeah that'd be good to hopefully get back to it soon but people listening to this um obviously some might, might know some may not um you've recently written a book called racing hearts where did yeah. it where did it all start for you have you ever written much before growing up did you maybe write journals write diaries write short stories is that something you've you've always been interested in um, well, I've always, I would say I've always been a very imaginative person, um, but I would say I was primarily a reader rather than a writer. 
Um, but I started writing a book back in 2017, actually, just after I left school. Um, and it really came out of nowhere. I was struck by the idea for the first chapter, wrote it down, showed it to mum, who was like, wow, you need to keep writing. Um, but I think really I wanted a book that sort of appealed to my sort of age bracket and like a racing sort of horse book that like, I would want to read. That's really where it came from because there's obviously Dick Francis, John Frankham, and they are incredible writers. But, you know, I think we need some like up and coming racing authors to really sort of bring some new blood into the um, the sector. And and when you were growing up, did you read a lot of racing stories or is it something you've just come to in the last few years? Um, well, I was, I've actually never read any Dick Francis books, which is probably kind of bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was always reading sort of uh, pony-type books when I was younger. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I've actually read a lot of horse racing books, but I just think it's such an amazing, vibrant world, you know, and we can spread the message to everyone to you know get involved in it i mean we're 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 the second behind football i think in terms of um numbers of people watching so why not spread the passion for it and and where were you inspired by the idea from because isn't it if it's about a young a young trainer that has to take over the license from her dad if i'm correct yeah (laughs) Well, a lot of people ask me, oh, is it based on you? Is it based on your family? I'm like, no, it's not based on anyone. But I would say it is inspired by the world around me. I mean, I did put myself in the shoes of the main character. You know, what would it be like if, you know, tomorrow I had to take over this yard? You know, what what would I be feeling? What would I be thinking? And I really wanted to portray the sort of struggles, everyday struggles that trainers do face. I mean, it's really easy to, you know, switch on the telly and go, oh, look at this glamorous, vibrant world. And it is. And the best days are amazing and nothing compares to it. But really, you know, the everyday grind, you know, it's not all that glamorous. You have to keep working every single day to get those big moments. And growing up as a trainer's daughter, do you think you see those problems firsthand that maybe for someone that's just a racing fan and just watches the sport casually, maybe on a Saturday afternoon on ITV, or they watch it from time to time on Sky Sports Racing or Racing TV, they don't understand those problems maybe quite as much as you do. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I was literally born into it. Dad had already been training 10 years before I was born. So I, this is the only world I've ever known. But I would, I would say that I think it's very easy to turn on Sky Sports, ITV Racing, and see the, you know, the big moments and the really high class horses, high class trainers, you know, winning these amazing races. But you know, you when you when you strip that back, you know, life is real. You know, we're doing this day in day out. We're trying to find that next superstar. You know, horses go wrong. You know, things go wrong every day but you know you keep battling on because you know those big days those big moments are so worth it i mean for me uh, when alfa delfini won the nun top that i would put that down as one of the best days of my life that the day that horse gave my family was just incredible 
So I think, yeah, it's just always keep going, keep striving so that, you know, I think dad, he has this amazing passion for the sport, even after all these years, just to find that next hidden gem that we're going to bring out onto the race course. And, and isn't this the, the equine star of the book, a, a really young horse, isn't he a two-year-old that they can't say <laughs> is fit, fit, he's not fit for racing? Um, is that something that, that that you thought of that would be a, a great um focal point of the story yeah i think so i think um overcoming adversity um was a, a big thing i wanted to portray um so the the main sort of equine character is a two-year-old who is very well bred um but the owner decides you know he's He's got too many physical problems to uh, persevere and get him to the race course. But, you know, because at the time, this the main character, she doesn't have a lot of horses. And, you know, this horse is the, the ray of hope that she's hoping is going to, you know, bring some redemption. Um, but, yeah, I think I think for our yard, you know, we're not the biggest yard. We average around sort of 40 to 50 horses. But, you know, every horse matters. And... You know, if you have a horse and you really believe in it and he goes and does the business, you know, there's really nothing better. And whether that's, you know, a selling handicap or a group one, I, I don't think the thrill really compares when you know how far they've come. And, and a horse like, for example, Alpha Delphine, he's not, he's not, um, he's not young anymore, is he? He's, he's, nope. he's an old boy. Um, what's it like to have a horse like that in the yard that you might think on paper, well, he's getting a bit old now. Does he have much left in the locker? But he seems to keep producing the goods now and again, doesn't he, at the highest level? Mm-hmm. What's it like having a horse like that in the yard that just doesn't know when to quit? <laughs> oh, he's just amazing. You know, he he knows he's good. He, he really does. Um, you go past his door and he's like, he lets you know he's there. Um, but yeah, he had a slight setback last year, so he is on the comeback trail. Uh, but you know, when he won the Nunthorpe, we had the faith, you know, dad had the faith, um, a few months before the entry stage, he said, he said to us, he says, Alva Delphine is going to win the Nunthorpe. And that is really not like him to say, he'll always err on the side of caution. And, uh, me and mum sort of looked at each other and we were like, really? <laughs> Are you being serious? Um, but, you know, that day, you know, the press, everyone were focused on Batash, you know, Blue Point, and we just kept quiet. We we kept the faith. We knew that horse was ready to go out and do the business. I mean, I'll be honest, I went to York that day and I was like, you know, let's have a good day. Let's see what happens. But, oh, my goodness, the thrill of that final furlong was just ridiculous. You know, seeing him thunder past the post was amazing. <laughs> and, and wasn't it a photo finish with Mab's Cross as well? Um, yeah. So, what was the tension like after that? Because th- there was a, a massive buzz. Uh, um, I I was watching. I wasn't there at York that day, but I was watching on the telly. But it seemed like there was a massive buzz around, like who'd won, and mm-hmm. it seems like there was quite a bit of sportsmanship between your dad and Michael Dodge. You know, like whoever's won, yeah. you know, like it's great for both both teams who aren't the the biggest trainers in the world. Was was that was that quite a tense moment? Um, but then you were still proud of him at the same time for running such a blinder. Oh my goodness. Like I will never ever experience the tension of that. I think it was maybe was it five, ten minutes? But honestly, it felt like the world was about to end. The silence on the race course and the tension was just unbelievable. I, I can't describe it. I honestly can't. 
Like, so I was stood in the parade ring and dad ran onto the track and I literally stayed rooted to the spot. I, I didn't really know what to do. I was like, well, did he win? Did he not? It was just madness. And the the course was deathly silent. I mean, watching it back on ITV, I think you kind of get a taste of it, but I don't think you really understand unless you were there. When the photo finish was actually announced, I was actually stood with Emma Armstrong, who owns Mab's Cross. And um, I was just, it was just crazy. The tension is was unbelievable. I don't think a day like that will ever be repeated on a race course again. I honestly don't. And and do you think moving forward in your writing career, you might use? Um, would you like to write more novels and maybe use Alpha Delphine as some inspiration, maybe for like an older horse, for example? Do you want to continue this journey on, maybe with um, Racing Hearts? Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, the reaction to the book's been amazing. Um, it's gone as far as Australia, Canada, America, um, and obviously in the UK. Um, and I wasn't sure whether I wanted to follow it up because I was quite pleased how I tied it together. But actually, I'm really excited to write a follow-up. So many people have messaged me, emailed me, spoke to me, sent me letters and said, oh, we love the book. Please, please write a follow-up. Um, because we love the characters, we love what you've done with it. So that's my job for the summer. I've got I've got my research going. So Racing Hearts Part Two is in the making. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. glad I'm glad you are. I bet many people would be uh, pleased to read the sequel. And uh, you've got you've definitely got lots of inspirations around you growing up with your dad and seeing the likes of Alpha Delphine. I'm sure you've got many more stories to. Uh, get out on paper but what's life been I just want to talk maybe in life in the lockdown what's life been like in the lockdown for you because obviously I've seen a lot of people have been praising your book during the last mm-hmm. month or two um has it been been okay for you been able to maybe continue writing or you, has it been quite hard for your dad like not knowing when we were going to get back to racing again um what, what's life been like um, well, obviously, you know, it has been a difficult time and it's been like that for everyone. Um, we've changed our working hours to help um, the staff because we have a, a home team and an away team. So they've uh, been sort of doing different things, but we've just been keeping going. That's all you can do, really. I mean, it has it was hard to start with because we didn't really know sort of what we were aiming at, but we just kept going. We've got our first runner tonight at Newcastle. Um, for me personally, um, I've been doing back-to-back uni assignments, which has been <laughs> exciting. Um, but yeah, just keeping going, really. Um, everyone's really pulled together. The, the team here have been amazing. Um, so yeah, just keeping going. I mean, it's actually, I think I released the book actually just before the lockdown, maybe the week before. So I think it's really nice. For pe- to give people something to read you know there was no racing at all so I think it was nice to um, you know have a little taster of racing and hope for it when it comes back so I think that definitely helped spread the word at the time um, and also just I did mould the book sort of right on keeping the faith you know your time will come just wait you know the moment will come and actually thinking back now to when I actually finished the book last year to the release now is really sort of ironic and like telling that actually, you know, I've been able to spread this message now because I think a lot of people have found sort of solace in the story. No, no, you can definitely identify 
I think there's definitely elements of the story that you could definitely identify with the times uh, we've yeah. been going for. Have, has any actually authors that write the similar genre actually reached out to you and and get, given you feedback and praise? Has anyone that like writes equine novels, those kind, that kind of genre, reached out? Um, well, before I released the book, I actually approached Bruce Scott, who was so generous with his time. I honestly can't thank him enough. And he reviewed the book for me, um, which was so great of him. He wrote me an absolutely amazing review, uh, which you can see uh, on the front cover or on Amazon or on my Facebook page. Um, and he he said I ruined his day in the best possible way because he couldn't stop reading it. <laughs> which is really kind of him. Um, so, yeah, uh, Scott was amazing with his time. Yeah, he's very kind. I actually work for him, and so he's he's a really nice chap. And, yeah, if, um, he'll always give you his time of day. Um, if you always want to talk to him, he's a really approachable guy. And, yeah, I saw that review he gave. Uh, it's really nice of him to do that. Um, so moving forward, um, now we've got racing back. Uh, you, you're going to write your novel, going back to uni, and then do you think maybe once that's passed, you want to work in work in the industry, uh, move away from dad, if that makes sense, and form your own <laughs> career in, in racing? Um, well, so I'm in September, I'll go into my third year of an equine science degree um, and dissertation time, which I hope to uh, centre around a racing, so hopefully do some research that's going to help out the industry uh, in any way I can. Um, then yes, Racing Hearts Part 2, I've also got another novel on the go, uh, Racing Themes, so uh, we'll see where that takes me as well. Um, keep going with my show jumpers, um, that's my true love really, so um, keep going with that and then see, see where life takes me, I think I'll always play a role um, in the business here um and yeah racing such a, a broad industry i can definitely see myself playing a role in it in any way that comes my way oh that's great but um now thanks for your time beth i've really enjoyed uh talking to you in this interview it's been great learning a bit more about yourself about what inspired the book and looking forward to uh, picking up the sequel and um, I, I hope the listeners will too but um no thanks for your time and hopefully we'll speak again soon Thank you, it's been great. For more podcasts, please make sure to follow us on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. If you want to follow us on social media as well, you can follow us on Twitter where our handle is at In The Saddle Pod. And we're now available on Instagram where our name is In The Saddle Global.